It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. We've got a great one for you today here on this Monday, March 1st, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Rosenstrike versus Gone, which took place on Saturday, February 27th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And good to be back with you guys here. Another fun week here at North Star Sports. And man, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, a lot of housekeeping, a lot of main card showdown talkers. And, uh, you know, some interesting, uh, well, breaking news about Hamzat Chmaev that I wasn't planning to get to, but we'll see if we can sneak that in here. Um, but yeah, a lot of interesting talking points. A lot of people saying Saturday's fights were not so good. Uh, I would disagree. Certainly the main event, uh, that was a very, uh, very polarizing main event to some, not to me, not to anybody who is uh, a hardcore, but to casuals to casuals it was an interesting main event but we'll get to that uh in just a matter of minutes uh obviously we had uh nss 30 over the weekend it was the finals for the main card showdown february world grand prix and boy that was a a very interesting uh set of set of fights there so uh, obviously in the uh, the gold medal match we had reagan hooverman challenging drew peterson for the belt and in typical locomotive fashion, uh, his his championship derails. Uh, he loses this one 50-47 to Reagan. And uh, Reagan wins the gold medal. He wins the belt. And uh, that's that's a huge one for Reagan. That's a huge one. Uh, Drew falls to 0-6 and six in title offense attempts. That is almost mathematically impossible. I don't know how that's... I don't know how that's even possible. That's actually insane. So, I mean, his record is 11, 15, and 3, so it's, you know, it's it's below 500, but he's still got a fair amount of wins. So, like, okay, I'm not saying he has to be 3 and 3, but even 2 and 4 or 1 and 5, but 0 oh and 6. I mean, th- this guy can't get a title defense to save his life. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That's really the talking point when it comes to the locomotive until he fixes it. You know, this is... This, some people, I would never say this, but some people have said this is a bigger curse than, you know, the, the curse of Babe Ruth or, you know, the fucking 108-year curse that the Cubs had or, or fucking however long it was. You know, so this this is this is big. You know, now that the Browns have made the playoff, this the playoffs, this is probably the, the, uh, the, the, the biggest curse in all of uh, professional sports. Uh, and then for Reagan, I mean, that's huge. He gets back to 500. He's 6-6-3. Six, six uh, he, he gets the gold medal. Drew still gets a silver medal, so that, you know, he still gets two points in the, uh, uh, well, I guess, Grand Prix totals. Uh, I win uh, a bronze medal. It's my first ever bronze medal. Not too thrilled about it because I should have uh, been up there beating Reagan, extending my uh, legendary winning streak, but, you know, female fights like to screw me over, but that's fine. Uh, I knocked out Captain in round four, which... Doesn't sound super impressive. Round four is a little early for a knockout. Um, But I beat him by eight points, uh, which is almost a record. 
It well, it is a record for a five-round fight. That is the biggest win ever in a five-round fight. Uh, but the biggest win ever was uh, nine points. But that was that was in a seven a seven-rounder. So uh, you know, it was a dominant performance. Uh, the Invitational Grand Prix was just fucking destroyed because so many people who were in the tournament didn't fucking show up for the next round. Uh, but luckily, luckily Peyton won, and Peyton uh, was in the the first round of it. So I mean, at least it wasn't uh, bullshit there. Uh, Steve drops to two and five, so he started off two and zero oh and won a, a silver medal, and now he's on a five fight losing streak, which is insane. That's tied for the longest of all time. So next week is going to be really important for Steve. He's got to get a win, and I don't know who the committee will put him up against. Uh, we do now do official rankings. And Steve, I think, is the lowest-rated active guy we have. Uh, you know, because we, we have some people who haven't done it in, like, three months, and they're all the way at the bottom. But, um, yeah, I don't know who he's going to go up against, but that'd be funny if he lost six in a row. Uh, Jordan came back after, I think, five events and uh, got knocked out by uh, Francis. Francis, the WFW legend. So, you know, it was, there was a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, the the top of the uh, point count for World Grand Prix is now getting very interesting. Obviously, you know, the greatest of all time, the mailman, is uh, still leading everybody with nine points. Uh, two golds, a silver, and now a bronze. Uh, Reagan earns his first gold medal. He's sitting at seven points. He has two silver medals somehow. And uh, Drew is at seven points as well. Uh, he's got a gold, a silver, and two bronzes but we have reagan ahead of him uh with a tiebreaker just because reagan has two silvers and drew only has one so uh that's how we're going to do tiebreakers uh for that not that not that it really matters to have tiebreakers or something like that because it's just something that always uh goes on um yeah i think that's all we had for the main card showdown i'm thinking me versus reagan next week uh drew I don't know who who he will face. Maybe Peyton. Uh, you know, I'm not too sure. Uh, maybe Paige if we get Paige's picks, but I wouldn't bet a nickel that we get her picks. But, you know, we'll, we'll figure something out. All right. Well, let's get right into this recap here, and we'll start in the main event where Cyril Gahn defeats Jairzinho Rosenstrike by unanimous decision. Uh, absolute masterclass. I got to say that was a brilliant performance by Cyril Gaon. I saw so many people shitting on it for being boring. If you thought that fight was boring, I, 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 I'm not even kidding because I don't throw this word around uh, flippantly. Uh, I, I detest when people do that. Uh, just like robbery. I, I, don't, I never use the word robbery unless it's fucking, you know what I mean, like... Valentina Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunes 2 or, you know, something that really is a robbery, not just a decision you disagree with. But if you didn't enjoy that, I'm not saying it was... I, listen, I'm not saying this main event was fucking Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald, but not a, there's a reason why we that's the greatest fight of all time. Like, you know what I mean? This, this was a, a brilliant defensive affair, and if you didn't like it, then you're a casual. You probably shouldn't watch MMA. You probably should go to watch soccer, or you probably should watch basketball. Or you should probably, uh, you know, pick up knitting or something. The sport's not for you if you didn't enjoy that that main event. And I, I'm I'm kidding a little bit, but I'm I'm really not. If you didn't like that, you're you're a complete casual, and uh, you you probably should find another sport there, buddy. Um, you probably should just go watch BKFC. 
or um, I don't know. I think bum fights are illegal, but uh, and I would never tell somebody tell somebody to go watch bum fights. But like, if you want to just see two people get their head caved in, like then you pro- you probably should just become a fan of you know World Star or you know the the darker parts of YouTube. You know what I mean? Like th- this this sport is not for you. That was um, a very impressive performance. I think this guy is going to be a real problem. And he absolutely neutralized Jairzinho for for 25 minutes. And that was, and this is true. This is true, although we found out what happened, uh, you know, when, when that saying gets put to the test. But, you know, a lot of people said, well, you can't keep, you can't, can't count Jairzinho out. He knocked out Overeem with like five seconds to go in that fight. Um, you can't count him out. But uh, didn't do him any good because uh, that didn't happen. So... Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's true. Hey, at heavyweight, one punch can knock you out. But if that punch never comes, if that chance never uh, materializes, then it's just fucking a theory. You know what I mean? And uh, I think Gon is going to be a he's going to be a real problem because his defense is stellar. And that's another thing too. Like, oh okay, like uh, C- Cyril Gon's only obligation is to win a fight. It, it's not to put on a show for anybody. If he's if, if if he's going out there to put on a show, then he's a fucking idiot. The the goal is to go out there and win, and that's what he did, and to take as little damage as possible. I'm not saying it has to be Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou, but there, there, surely there's a happy medium between that and just an all-out brawl. And, uh, you know, it's like Floyd, Floyd Mayweather was not a very offensive boxer. Like, you know, not that he couldn't put together offense, but, you know, probably the greatest defensive boxer maybe the greatest defensive uh striker in any sport uh, ever so it's like okay you don't have to go out there and just you know sling leather and that was something we talked about in the preview show with Cyril Ghosn and I know that he hasn't had you know 10 fights in the UFC but his uh significant strike defense is fucking stellar dude it was somewhere in the 80s like he only gets hit with 1.2 significant strikes just right around in that ballpark uh, per minute and it's like it's important to have good uh, significant strike defense but it's especially important at heavyweight where a single punch can knock you out and if you can't land a punch on Cyril Ghosn then then you're not gonna win (laughs) you're just not gonna win you know what I mean it's it's important at flyweight it's important at bantamweight but what I saw from Cyril Gaon, dude. Cyril Cyril Gaon is, is he's gonna be a huge problem. the the only The only way he he gets put to a true test, and I don't know what's next for, next for the guy. This division is so topsy turvy, and we got the bunch of fights we got to figure out. But like, unless he faces Ngannou, who has power that is measured in fucking Ford fusions, or unless he faces like John Jones, who's the greatest of all time, I I don't like. I think it's entirely legitimate that he could beat anybody else. Like, I'd love to see him fight Stipe. I don't think it'll happen anytime soon. But, like, okay. Now, Derek had a great game plan against Curtis Blades, and it worked out brilliantly. You know, he knocked him out. But, like, I would I would love to see Cyril Ghosn fight Derek Lewis the way that they fought their last two fights. That That's that's an, another 50-45 for Cyril Ghosn. He, he's not there to be hit. His defense is so fucking good. He's in such great shape. Yeah, he was 2 of 14 on takedowns. Uh, and that's definitely going to sway his stats. Like, you know what I mean? We're going to be previewing his next fight and, be go- and and start going like, holy shit, this guy can't land a takedown to save his life. But he wasn't super committal 
on the takedowns. He really was just doing it to change up the pace. Not to say that if he hadn't taken him down, he wouldn't have, you know, gone to the ground and, and tried something. But I, you know what I mean? It's not like he was diving for all of his life. You know, he had some clinch moments. And, um, you know, th- this dude is so good at managing distance, uh, at, 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 you know, not being being hit, being really, really uh, springy. And uh, all, all of that's going to make him a very, very tough fighter. Maybe not a dangerous fighter. I mean, he's a fucking big guy. And again, everybody at heavyweight has knockout power. But nobody really thinks of Cyril Khan as a knockout artist. But he's a very, very well-rounded fighter. And uh, he, he seems like a really easy guy to root for. I mean, he seems like a cool guy. Uh, I, I enjoyed learning more about his story. And uh, yeah, that's... Again, the, like... It, it shows, and, and I, I'm trying not to say this in a disrespectful way, but it shows, like, what a real mixed martial artist is versus a guy who just has power. And, and again, I know Jairzinho had, like, 70 kickboxing fights, and he, he fought pretty uh, uh, <laughs> passive in this fight, but it's like, that was, that was a guy in Jairzinho who was just trying to land a big punch versus a guy in Cyril Ghosn who has wrestling, has who has clinch, can manage distance, is is uh, a good striker, you know, a good Muay Thai background. Like, that, that, that Cyril Ghosn is what the average UFC heavyweight will look like, like in 2025, and Jairzinho is, is, you know, a guy who would have dominated back in 2009, you know, where you, you could just land a lucky punch and people would go out there and just give two to 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 or take two to give one you know what i mean so uh, i i think cyril Ghosn is the is the 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 next big thing he's the evolution of the sport you know there's always there's always the new generations and i don't i don't really think we've seen somebody uh like and again i'm not trying to make him seem like he's a goddamn specimen like he's a fucking x-men or something but i really think that this is the beginning of the next generation where uh and, and Jairzinho's in shape. I mean, he's a big guy. They call him Biggie Boy. But, uh, you know, at some point, we're not going to have fatties in the heavyweight division, okay? At some point, we're going to have people who all look like Cyril Ghosn, and then that's when I'll care about heavyweight fighting because it's actual athletes who, you know, take care of their body. Um, But, yeah, brilliant performance. Uh, I'll take a look here at the uh, North Star Sports rankings if uh, my computer would work, which, you know, it it rarely does. But, uh, you know, sometimes... Sometimes I can get my internet to work to look at uh, rankings, and uh, when it does work, it'll tell me that Cyril Ghosn is now at number four, so he moves up three spots from number seven. Uh, Volkov stays put at number five. Jairzinho goes from number four to number six, and Overeem from six to seven. So a little bit of shuffle in there. Cyril Ghosn, he's in a good spot. You know, if you're in the top five, a title shot could happen. Could happen at any time. I, I would say it's very unlikely, but you know, he's he's within. Uh, He's within uh, takedown reach of a, of a title shot at some point. You know, we got, probably, you know, definitely people ahead of him. And, you know, we got to figure out some shit out, figure some shit out. But, you know, somebody gets hurt and, you know, some weird shit happens. You know, I don't know. Might, might see him uh, fight for a belt sooner than you realize. All right, we'll move on here to the co-main event. Another uh, really good fight, a lot closer than I thought it would be between Megamed Ankalaev and Nikita Krylov. Uh, Ankalaev ends up winning this one by unanimous decision, uh, and and you know, props props to Krilov. I want to start with him. You know, a very underrated guy. I'm sure a lot of people didn't even know he was in the fucking rankings. I mean, he's on his second go around here. Uh, he's had some uh, some tough performances. He he had a recent loss to uh, Glover Teixeira and uh, Jan Blahovich. 
So, you know, you he, he, he got to give this guy credit. He fights the, the, the best of the best, but, you know, just kind of got uh, outworked here by Ankalaev, who really turned it on later in the fight. Probably gave round one to Krilov, rounds two and rounds three to Ankalaev. And, um, you know, I, I think that was something that we needed to see from, from Ankalaev. Obviously, it was the highest ranked opponent that he's ever fought. So, you know, it was a good step up for him. A guy who really needed to step up because that whole Kutalaba fucking two-fight series was a complete waste of time from the beginning to the end to everywhere in between. They should have just looked elsewhere. Um, you know, really wasted a year of Ankalaev's career. But, um, you know, because we've seen him, we've seen the flashy knockouts. We've seen the the front kick KO of uh, Dalsha Lungiambula. I mean, we saw him send Kutalaba to fucking hell with that uh, with that hook. And, uh, yeah, you know, he, he fought adversity and, and, and uh, you know, he, he powered through. And, you know, I, I, thought he, I thought he looked good. His striking looked good. Um, he, he was having some trouble with uh, some of those takedowns. Did not really uh, mix up the strikes a whole lot. Definitely was headhunting, but uh, it was a solid performance from him. And I think we just switched spots, or at least put uh, Ankalaev at number eight. So he goes up four spots from 12 to eight. Uh, we just moved Krilov down one spot because uh, it's kind of an interesting series of uh, rankings here that make it crystal clear who should go where. So we move Krilov from 8 to 9. We move Walker from 9 to 10. So Walker's one spot below Krilov because Krilov beat Walker. We move Sirkinov from 10 to 11. So Sirkinov is one spot below Johnny Walker because Walker beat Sirkinov. And then we move Jimmy Crute from 11 to 12 because Sirkinov uh, uh, choked out Jimmy Crute. So it's, it's actually pretty cool. You can definitely see the, the reason why they're all ranked where they are because it's kind of funny how they all have recent wins over each other in that order. Um, and then for Ankle, I have, I mean, I, I don't really know. A lot of people have dance partners ahead of them. Um, you know, Glover's probably too far up. We're going to have Tiago Santos taking on Rakic. We have Reyes and Prohaska. We have Smith and Jimmy Crute, I want to say. So the only one there who I don't think has a fight is Volkan Uzdemir. And really, I could just fucking look this up and we, we could get closure on this, but I don't think Volkan has a fight uh, booked. Now, th- that would make sense. That would put him closer, right on the doorstep of the of the top five. That could be logical. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, he does not have a, uh, a fight booked. So, you know, I think really that's that's the fight to make because there's everybody else. I mean, I guess Ankalaev could sit around. I mean, who knows how healthy he is? It looks like he's fine, but you know, maybe somebody falls out. You know, maybe a maybe a Rakic or uh, you know a Prohaska falls out and you sub in Ankalaev. But um, you know, I, th- I think looking to book Uzdemir versus Ankalaev would make uh, a, a lot of sense. I think that'd be a pretty good fight as well. All right, we'll move on here to the featured bout. We had a majority draw between Montana De La Rosa and Myra Bueno Silva. Don't have a whole lot to say about this one. Uh, I don't have either of these two in the rankings. Was not a very good fight. Uh, Bueno Silva definitely won the fight. I know she had the point deduction in the first round. I still don't know how that works because uh, some rounds were closer than others, but I, I had Bueno Silva winning every single round. So it should have been 
a 28-27 victory for Bueno Silva, but again, I'm not a fucking judge, and a lot of these judges, you know, might be smoking rocks when they're fucking cage side, because I, I never know the, the patterns that they have, but uh, yeah, I, I thought some rounds were closer. I, I, I think Bueno Silva made two mistakes. I'm not even going to talk about Man- Montana De La Rosa, because I don't think she, she's a, a UFC fighter at all. Uh, I think she'll probably be cut at some point. Uh, not after this fight, but at some point she'll be cut. I, I just don't think that she's uh, a good fighter. I think uh, Bueno Silva has potential. Uh, I liked what I saw, but she made two mistakes. One was the fence grab, which I, I agree with. Um, oh, fuck, I forget. His name is on the tip of my tongue, but if I choose a wrong name, that's going to be <laughs> incredibly racist. Uh, but I, so I... I, f- I forget the the judge or the, uh, the I forget the ref. Oh damn, his name is on the tip of my tongue, but I don't want to say the wrong name because it's gonna be stereotypically bad. But wh- whoever the ref was, I I love that guy, and we don't see him a lot in the UFC. We do see from we do see him from time to time, but I agree. If there's a blatant uh, fence grab that literally prevents a takedown. Uh, yeah, you should dock a point immediately. So I, I love it. I totally agree with it. I think if if more people did that, that that's probably a better thing for the sport. You're not going to have, you know, because again, it it is it is extrapolating to some degree, but it's like, you know, because you could easily be like, well, uh, De La Rosa would have got the takedown, and then ten seconds later she would have submitted Bueno Silva, and it's like, well, it's technically possible. You know what I mean? So it's. But yeah, you know, you never know what what would happen if they landed the takedown, and uh, um, I don't know. I, I I agree with that, but I thought she won every round. But the second major mistake was uh, ending up on bottom for the last thirty seconds. Bueno Silva won four minutes and thirty seconds of that third round, but because De La Rosa ended up on top and landed an insignificant elbow that uh, bloodied up Bueno Silva with five seconds to go. Uh, I think that really uh, skewed the scorecards and, uh, you know, ended up uh, ruining what would have been a 28-27 win for Bueno Silva. So, well, it was not a good fight at all. I did not I did not enjoy that fight. Um, it, it, was, um, it was pretty boring, but, uh, yeah, don't have a whole lot to say on that. Uh, moving on here, we have a unanimous decision victory for Pedro Munoz over Jimmy Rivera. Uh, very good performance from Pedro Munoz. That was, I mean, he, I, I feel so bad for this guy. He's one of my favorite fighters in the bantamweight division. And, uh, you know, I, I got to be honest, I did not know about Pedro Munoz before the Cody Garbrandt fight. Um, so I'm a, li- I'm a little late to the, uh, to the party here. But, uh, you know, he got royally, royally fucked over in the Frankie Edgar fight. And uh, so I think he should be on a winning streak right now. But uh, fuck me, man. If Pedro Munoz fights like that, uh, he, he's gonna be he's gonna be a real contender. And he's like 33, 34. So again, he's not uh, you know it's not like he's a young prospect. But uh, I, I was so impressed with that. His, obviously, the leg kicks were just fucking debilitating. I'm surprised. Yeah, and you got to give props to Jimmy Rivera. That's one tough guy. Hits like a fucking mule. Good wrestler. Took a lot of fucking damage in that fight. A lot of damage, especially to the leg. Uh, I don't know how... When he was getting dropped, like, consecutively in in round number one with those leg kicks, I was like, there's no fucking way. He's This is not going to a decision. 
but uh, you know you got to shout out Jimmy Rivera. But Pedro Munoz, those leg kicks are so good, so fast, uh, and, and that's. I don't know if that's always been his game because again, like I said, unfortunately, a little late to the Pedro Munoz party. Um, but you know, if that's going to be his game moving forward, he's going to be a real problem because of the popularity of the the, the calf kick these days. And you know, we we, we actually know how uh, how uh, destructive those can be. Not a whole lot down there to protect your uh, your bones and and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, good performance, and and they were swinging. They, you know, a lot of those times there wasn't really a reason for Pedro to get into the pocket and and sw- and swing away. I mean, that was kind of just playing into Rivera's game, and and you know, if Rivera was going to get back into it, you know, that was that was how he would hope uh, Munoz would have fought, but turned out well. And Rivera, you know, Rivera was swinging hard towards the end, and you know, every time Pedro entered the pocket, it was just like, oh, I I was cringing because it's like, oh man, what are you doing, like? What if you get what if you get TKO'd with like 15 seconds to go because you just unnecessarily entered the pocket in uh, you know a fight you're you're winning every single round? But you know, Pedro's a problem, and Pedro seems like uh, one of the nicest guys. You know, a lot of these Brazilians are super nice. You know, Damian Maia and uh, you know guys like that. But uh, Pedro Munoz, you know, I I I think he's graduating from second team all nice guy to 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 first team all nice guy. I think he's right up there with Damian Maia. Seems like a really cool dude. But uh, yeah, great performance by Pedro Munoz. Uh, We moved him up in the rankings. Obviously, Uh, he goes from number seven to number six. Uh, Frankie Edgar goes from six to seven, and we keep Jimmy Rivera at number nine. And I know that kind of breaks my rule. Of you know, because if if a fighter beats somebody, I I typically try to keep them ahead of that person, because I think that's normally what what's wrong with the ranking system. But fuck me, Frankie Edgar did not beat Pedro Munoz, and he got blasted in his last fight. So I am I am gonna put Pedro Munoz ahead of Frankie Edgar because uh, I I think he deserves it. I I think uh, yeah, I just think he deserves it, man. All right, moving on here to the main card opener. We had a unanimous decision victory for Alex Caceres over Kevin Kroom. Did not watch this one very closely. Good for Caceres. I saw a lot of people saying that he should fight a ranked opponent next. I think that's just absolutely crazy. He would get worked by a ranked opponent. Uh, He is on a four-fight winning streak. That is true, but it's against uh, literally the lowest level of, of competition you could go against in the UFC. It's against Steven Peterson, Chase Hooper, who's a child, Austin Springer in his debut, and Kevin Kroom, uh, a Midwest veteran in his uh, second fight in the UFC. So, uh, no, he should definitely not fight somebody in the rankings. He should fight somebody who's higher up on the totem pole, a more difficult featherweight fight because he's had a lot of very, very low-level fights. But no, if he, if, he, if he gets a ranked opponent, that is wild. I would be absolutely shocked. Uh, moving on here to the prelim headliner. Uh, we had a unanimous decision victory for Tiago Moises over Alexander Hernandez. Uh, that was a fun one to watch. Uh, you know, Tiago Moises. I think that's. I think that guy's going to be a, a bit of an issue there. He, you know, he's in a loaded division uh, at lightweight, so that's you know, that's going to play against him. Uh, but there's there's going to be no shortage of good matchups there. He's only 25 uh, as well, and three fight winning streak. Uh, and I don't know. See, he he had a couple of weird losses earlier in his career. Got put in there very very 
uh, early in his UFC career against Benil Dariush and lost by unanimous decision. Uh, I, I would say that's impressive he didn't get finished. I mean, that Jesus, like, your... Oh, that was his UFC debut, Jesus Christ. So that's a that's a bit of a dick move against Thiago Moises, uh, you know, putting him in there in your UFC debut against Benil Dariush, but, uh, you know, he, he's arguably fought, outside of Dariush, his three most difficult fights in, in his last three appearances and, and won every single one of them. I mean, he beat Michael Johnson, who you never know if you're going to get good good Michael Johnson or bad Michael Johnson. Unanimous decision victory over uh, Bobby Green kind of halting that career resurgence. And then, you know, Hernandez is a tough guy who, who's been in the rankings, but uh, yeah, he's been losing a lot of fights recently. But, <clears throat> excuse me. But no, that was a, that was a very good performance. I liked his, his striking a lot. I think there's probably some room for uh, improvement. But, uh, you know, for, for a guy who's uh, known for doing stuff on the ground, I, I think he's really rounding out his game. And, uh, again, I don't really know what's next for him. He's not going to get a guy in the rankings. But, um, you know, he beat a guy who, who used to be ranked. You know, I, I do think that's one of those, um, you know, pivotal, pivotal fights in your career, uh, at least in the early goings, obviously. It's not like he was on the doorstep of a fucking title fight. But... Uh, you know, I, I think that could be a pivotal fight for him in, in his development. You know, he, he could get a real challenge next time and, you know, maybe set, set himself up to, to, you know, kind of catapult his career in, in, a, in a very difficult division to do that. And then for Hernandez, uh, yeah, career not going super great. Uh, I'm not a fan of Alexander Hernandez. It seems like he's uh, kind of... Um, tempered his personality uh during this losing streak and and not trying to be you know conor mcgregor uh you know not trying to be an absolute dick but uh i don't know which is good to see you know maybe i I don't know why he was doing all that shit with cowboy cerrone you know he got his own you know trash talking him and whatever and then getting fucking knocked out um but you know i i I don't i don't really know you know this 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 could go many different ways for Alexander Hernandez, and um, you know, so getting knocked out by Cerrone, he lost that fight to Trinaldo. I don't care what anybody said, he lost that fight to Trinaldo. Got knocked out by Drew Dober, Re- quick little rebound win over Gritzmacher, and then a loss to Moises. This can go a lot of different ways for Alexander Hernandez, and I-, I don't know which one's more possible, but I would probably lean towards him leaving the UFC. I have no idea what his contract situation is, and I don't mean you know, in the next couple of weeks, but I'm just saying, you know, I don't know. He's had a handful of setbacks here. He is 28, so there's obviously plenty of time to try to improve, but, you know, kind of looking at how his career's going, I I think this is probably a guy who ends up in PFL or Bellator in in a year or two, Uh, and, you know, maybe he does something there, and I'm not trying to, you know, demean either of those two places. If you can, you know, if you can you know, there's plenty of good fighters outside of the UFC, and, you know, if you can become a champ in PFL or some shit, you know, there's always, you always can come back, but I, I don't know if he got here too early, or, or, you know, I, I, I don't really know, I don't really know why his career is going how it's going, I mean, this was a guy who knocked out Benil Dariush in 42 seconds in his UFC debut, I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know where, maybe that was just a fluke performance, I really don't know what it was, but, uh, 
I don't know. He, he this guy's definitely at a career crossroads here. And uh, again, plenty of plenty of time to go down the stretch here, but he's got he's got to shit or get off the pot when it comes to you know trying to be relevant here. All right, we'll move on here to a women's bantamweight fight between Alexis Davis and Sabina Mazo. Davis wins by unanimous decision. Do not care. Moving on uh, to a bantamweight fight between Ronnie Lawrence and Vince Cachero. Uh, Lawrence uh, TKOs Cachero uh, in round number three. Uh, good performance by Lawrence. I, I didn't really know who that guy was, but, uh, you know, I, I think that guy's going to be an interesting uh, addition there to the bantamweight division. Uh, he is 28 years old, so I don't know. When I see a guy who comes in at 28 with uh, with the resume that he does, I, I tend to think that's somebody who could probably climb the division pretty quickly. You know, it's not like uh, it's not like a fucking Robbie Lawler coming in at age 20 or, or something where it's like, well, seven years down the road, we can we can see what's up. Uh, you know, you, you come in basically in your prime, and, and let's see what happens. His wrestling was, was good. He, he's a very, very slippery guy on the ground, and... Uh, yeah, solid, solid win there, and and he's Hawaiian as well. So you know, we all know how um, how good Hawaiians are at fighting. Uh, moving on, we had a unanimous decision victory for Dustin Jacoby over Maxim Grishin. Uh, I disagree with that one. I thought Grishin uh, won that fight, probably two rounds to one. I'm not going to die on that hill. You know, if people thought if people thought that Jacoby won, then okay. Uh, again, I, I, I don't really care, but I, I, I do think Grishin won that fight. Uh, I would like to pull up uh, MMA decisions here because I, I, I want, I'm genuinely curious uh, to see what people think because, you know, it was the prelim opener, so there wasn't a whole lot of, um, you know, discussion on Twitter about who won, but, uh, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. Looks like... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people thought, nine media members thought Jacoby won, and seven thought Grishin won. Uh, all the scores are 29 28. Nobody thought that, you know, somebody won three rounds. Ah, fair enough. That's that's pretty much, uh, you know, what I what I thought it would be. But uh, I don't know. Jacoby's a cool story. I don't really know how far he can go, but uh, I, I, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And then, and then Grishin, I don't know. You, you have to figure the weight cut probably you know, didn't help. I mean, he, he missed by, uh, three pounds or something. He, he missed by, he missed by something a little bit significant. And well, you know, it wasn't a quarter of a pound, but, um, yeah, no, that, that was a fine fight. Uh, he, and you know, Jacoby did have Grishin hurt. I, I don't really know. They made a big deal about, uh, hitting Grishin when he came into the clinch in the third round. Uh, they made a big deal about that. I don't know how hurt Grishin was though. Maybe that's why I, I think Grishin won. Uh, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't really. Th- it didn't look like he was that hurt, but uh, the, the camera angle wasn't very good because it was at Grishin's back. So, uh, you know, couldn't really tell. But I don't really care a whole lot. So, with that, we'll uh, wrap up the recap here of UFC Fight Night: Rosenstrike versus Gone. Uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. Check out North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M-I-N. Check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. Updated UFC rankings, main card showdown rankings. I mean, we just got a lot of stuff. A lot of interesting plans and discussions for uh, the future of North Star Sports. 
So, you know, check out the website. We'd appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.